0: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way, back again with you guys for another show and another episode of our Match Reaction series, our show straight after all of the Arsenal fixtures. Today I'm joined by Hush, how are you doing mate, are you well? I'm well, got
1: that uh, festive spirit going after a win like that.
0: Yes, it's, uh, I wouldn't have been so festive had the result have <laughs> been slightly different, but uh, was, thankfully was, it wasn't. I was
1: considering doing my shopping today, but I'm <laughs> glad that I didn't do that.
0: <laughs> Yes, uh, it was It was much more enjoyable than the gains we've witnessed over the last few... I mean, I'll go away for a few days and you break everything, is, is what happens. The form's gone, the results have gone, but uh, thankfully uh, we've got them back and uh, good evening to everybody in the chat books. Apologies. I'm not going to be able to highlight everything myself. I'm relying on my buyer, Umar, to go through this also. It's not me pressing any buttons when you see your comments coming up. I've lost control of everything. We're going to get it back as soon as possible. So thank you, Umar, in the background, for sorting all of this for us. Uh, But thank you to everyone that's joining us. Uh, Hush, let's kick off by talking about, obviously, the result being a win, uh, a much-needed win and a well-won win, if that's a phrase that's well used. You know what I mean. I'm
1: just looking at the uh, the comments from tonight compared to what we were looking at at Old Trafford and Gunnison Park. Um, it, it, it's just nice to be in a happier place, isn't it? Nice to have a bit of positivity. Nice to not just be picking the bones out of you know, a bad performance mm. pre-match. It got a bit weird with the, um Arteta <laughs> revelation of Aubameyang, uh, yeah. and I, I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, but let's concentrate on the positives. Mm. Um, it wasn't a good start either, but
0: oh, good, good focus on the positives.
1: I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to. No, no, but, but, but we got there. I think after 15 or 20 minutes, after Southampton kind of huffed and puffed a little bit, and then didn't really hurt Ramsdale at, at mm. all. Yeah, we got a hold of the game. I think Martin Odegaard and Gabriel Martinelli really came to the fore. Um, it was there was a bit of what do you call it, heebie-jeebies in the midfield with Party and Jacques not quite sort of yeah. sharp enough. But the more they got into the game, the more the ball got you know a bit more rhythm in midfield. Um, it was a good performance. Um, you'd have you'd have to say Southampton kind of with a perfect type of opposition for a team in our mood in our kind of moment but you know you can only beat what's in front of you and they did a really good job of it and i think the important thing today was getting that atmosphere back in the emirates from what we had about a month ago and i feel like that was there and looking from like i said the comments people look a bit or feel more enthused the next couple of weeks start to look a bit more um Like We're not dreading every fixture that's coming up, and going into January, things look a bit brighter.
0: We do indeed. Uh, We'll jump into the chat box and get some of the reactions. Umar, to help you, I'm going to start from the bottom up. Uh, Answer saying in the chat box, Lacazette was amazing with his hold-up and link-up play. We hit the post twice, could have had been a lot more. And I mean, Gabriel Martinelli hit the post, Uh, Saka hit the post, Erdogan had two passes that should have been converted. The first one was the layoff to Lacazette. One touch too many uh, and really should have taken the shot from just, I think, on the edge of the box. The other one was a back kill to Saka uh, in the first half as well that he was clean through. Should have scored as well. Um, Merry Chris uh, in the chat says, um, oh, that's. I mean, I don't like it when people use these words to describe players, but do you think that... Do you think it's an issue that could, say, spread throughout the team, uh, That this kind of the destabilisation of um, the dressing room because of the actions of, of one player? And, I mean, just to give for those that don't know of kind of the situation, uh, Arteta said prior to the game that Aubameyang was not in the squad because of a disciplinary breach. Now, there are rumours that supposedly he missed training and was having a tattoo done because a tattoo artist... <laughs> Instagram storied a picture of him. This is all allegedly, of course, right now. Um, But we don't know when the picture was taken or whether it was uploaded a little bit later. But for that to be happening, and then obviously this issue happening straight before the game, you know, you put one and one together, and we're probably coming up with two quite rightly here. Hush, what do you make of this? Because it's chaos. It's chaos.
1: Um, I I, I don't want to see any of it. I, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think that's the beginning. Oh, that, that's the end. It, it's just a Merse situation all over again, isn't it? It's our you know most highly paid player, the symbol of the team, and he's the one not setting the example for the rest of the boys. When we've got the youngest average team in the Premier League, players like Saka and Smithrow and Ramsdale who are, setting the standard and the really high-paid experienced professionals who are acting like the children really um, yes yeah, what the situation would have been really really difficult if Arsenal had played badly today the fact that Lacazette played well um, Gabriel Martinelli looked like you know he had his goal-scoring boots on or well, almost anyway um, yeah I, I I just don't see how Oba comes back from this it the writing seemed on the wall with his reaction to his miss at the end of the Everton game. The fact that Enquetier came on ahead of him, you know, and I've seen some Arsenal fans say that he's got every right to act out because of how he's been treated. And look, if if that's how you see this, if that's how you see your professional situation at work, where you can act out if your manager chooses not to put you in the front line, then, you know, you're not going to last in any industry, um, especially not, when you're the highest-paid player at a big club <laughs> at Arsenal, you just cannot act like that. Um I
0: just to cut yeah. in briefly, David um, Ornstein has tweeted saying, and uh, thanks to the chat box who were pointing this out, Pierre Kimpembe were dropped from the Arsenal squad for a late return from a trip abroad last week. Thirty-two-year-old had permission to go for personal reasons, but was back later than agreed, and it had COVID protocol implications, is what has been said there. So, well, yeah, if it's him
1: sort of taking a later flight because you wanted to take a later flight or something like that or if it's something was cancelled like if something was cancelled I don't, I don't think they would
0: that's not a breach there's surely yeah. a reason yeah
1: and like Mikko Arteta would not throw him out like you know to the wolves on public television like no 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 no. It, there's more to it than that and yeah uh, you, you don't Arsenal fans even if you're anti Arteta do not use this as a stick to beat Arteta with, because mm. you're you're not helping anyone.
0: Which some have. I mean, some have said. Yeah, that that that's you why I have brought it, it Said up. it. Yeah. Yeah. You, that's why I bring. I think it up. that's silly, personally.
1: It's, it's it's beyond silly. It's just it's demented. It's that <laughs> 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 it, it demented. It's what we <laughs> were well,
0: talking Harry Potter, on me now.
1: Well, you know what the kind of mental gymnastics people used to get in with the uh, Meza Erzil and all the trust the process or mm. like, I don't want any of that again, get him away from the squad, sell him in January, drop him out. Of the first team
0: you'd sell him in January, you it, go far as that?
1: Yeah. Get the wages off the books. Cause it's not really worth much anymore. Anyway, mm. I, I'm, try, <laughs> I'm trying to temper my reaction here and not come across too reactionary
0: oh no I, just used to using words like demented it's not reactionary <laughs> no,
1: but is it though when people are using oh, that yeah. uh, it, i do I, find I it strange to and suggest that
0: michael Arteta's like to criticize arteta for coming out and saying there was a disciplinary breach like just like that and to criticize arteta and use that mm. as to stick to beat it, and, like, look, just yeah. to make
1: it clear i am not you know arteta's biggest fan. I criticise him as much as the next guy, so I'm trying to find <laughs> some fair balance here in a pretty weird situation.
0: Let's uh, focus on a positive. Kevin uh, Deergaard in the chat says, Tom and Hush, those fans who were scapegoating Erdegaard must be eating some humble pie at the moment. Three goals in three games, getting gunners. I mean, Erdegaard, If personally for me, it feels good, because obviously writing previously about Erdegaard and the criticisms that he's faced and Obviously, really being a backer of him, I think that a lot of it has kind of spawned from the fact that we didn't get James Madison. A lot of people wanted James Madison, and we didn't get Odegaard. He's not someone that everybody wanted, and so it's easy to kind of pick on him in performances. But, I mean, linking into the Yang side of things, he's been far more of a captain through his enthusiasm and his pressing. Abamyang has been. And I just well, look now at, at those performances and the three goals in three. I mean, he could have had more this season if it wasn't for Abamyang not <laughs> nicking the goal on the goal line as well, just to add even more narrative.
1: Or, or just um, finishing some of the chances he's been laying out as well.
0: Absolutely. And oh, dear God. um <laughs> uh,
1: uh, Kevin okay, makes a great point. Um the old Trafford game, probably the exception, but you'd say he plays better with Lacazette. As a guy in front of him, and I'd say Lacazette's performance today was, you know, on par or as good as anything Obis produced this season. No, bar yeah. maybe, bar maybe the the North London Derby, which was a bit of a one off because you know you can say what you want about Spurs, but that was just like a special one off game. Um, yeah. Oh to God! Like. I've I've really, really, really wanted him to do well, and it makes me really happy to see him shine because when I look at him, I think that's a proper Arsenal player. That's an Arsenal player from a bygone era. The sort of Mm. Thomas Rizitsky kind of, says Farraghast, that kind of mould of, gets you up up off your seat. It's not all kind of obvious and in sort of basic football, the little touches and back heels and it doesn't always come off but knowing that you've got a player with that kind of ability in his back pocket it's just we need that in in an Arsenal team and yeah I didn't really expect him to be putting in the goal scoring contributions to be fair and I love to see it it's um it it's just nice to see really and (laughs) it's filling that gap that when Smith-Rowe fell out of the team, uh, we all kind of thought, oh, everything's going to be on Bukayo now to score and assist. And he's taking the pressure off him a little bit. And also, his relationship with Kieran Tierney looks like something. Yeah. Like so we've had this Nuno-Kieran thing going on, not knowing you know who's the, the first choice. Um, but those relationships are key. So if Tierney and Odegaard can get something going then that'll go a long way in making Tierney the absolute number one choice mm. under Arteta. And look, Nuno did have a nice run in the team, but if we want the safe, sensible option rather than the sort of wild card that yeah. can be, then yeah, I'd probably say Tierney is that guy. So it's just, Odegaard's is coming into his own. It's he's, he's taken 12 months to be fair. But then mm. if, you think, yeah. if you think back to Robert Perez or really, really top players like that who took a good year and a half to get going in an Arsenal shirt and then when they did, they never looked back. (laughs) So,
0: and Erdogan's twenty-two. Uh, we have to remember as well. We forget he's so young still. Um yeah. Steve Stone in the chat. I like his comment. Says Erdogan's great vision. Is it his fault that no one runs for his passes? We just highlighted it a second exactly. ago. Yeah. The movement for him has been so restricted. Like he hasn't received enough of those pa- of those moves and runs in in front of him. And. Twice he got those runs and twice he found his man and twice those chances weren't taken today. And that's the frustration for him is that those chances aren't necessarily being taken when he is creating them. Um, There's a comment uh, from Kevon who says, nice win, but still Arteta out. Now, let's discuss this situation because it's a game that obviously we were expected to win. We were expected to win this game. Anything other than a win would have been, rightly, huge amounts of criticism. We won it comfortably. I don't think that... We, I think we could have won this game five or six and it wouldn't have been enough to change the minds of plenty of people. The game against West Ham is is obviously a very, very big one. But how does this game make you feel after those two losses against Man United and Everton?
1: It makes me... It I think that's probably our most expansive performance of the season um how yeah, much is
0: it linked to how bad southampton are <laughs> because let's that's, be real they are awful so, like, they so, were awful
1: So that's the perspective i'm trying to find uh mm. on monday after the everton game me and bailey had a, a, a retrospective of the season so far and we kind of thought about who we're beating and how we're beating them and what it says about us and when we really looked at it we were sort of beating all the lesser teams we were getting tight results against the teams in and around us less yeah. they would be 2-1 everton they beat us we got west ham next <clears throat> and the, the big boys they was just uh, yeah. yeah they were, they were basically turning us over without you know too much thought so it did feel like are we in a bit of a false position because we're just, you know, we're beating 1-0 against Burnley and teams like that. But when you put in a more expansive performance like that, it does make you feel less like you've just scraped. So the Norwich home win, if you compare that to today, I think it's night and day. It, there's plenty of progress being made there. So I, I'm in a much more positive outlook at the moment but that will last until Wednesday when the big one against West Ham that really will be the litmus test where we find out how good we are because we've seen that West Ham side this season has what got, got wins over City Liverpool Chelsea and Man United mm. so if they kind of brush us away like we have been brushed away by similar calibre of teams this season then we'll have to eat a lot of humble pie. But if we can compete and get a result, mm. then we can be optimistic going into the second half of the season, I think. So, yeah.
0: It's very split in the chat box uh, in regards to kind of where things are. I think that there is still very much more of a lean towards um, still a change of manager being the, yeah. the majority's kind of view. It's probably where I still kind of sit. I, I've not seen enough this season to tell me that we are progressing enough after two years of, of Arteta being here um and and if say I mean someone said to me you can you can swap out Arteta for Ten Hag I don't I doubt many people would not take that up um but realistically that's probably not something that would happen and that's kind of the, the perspective that you have to find when discussing the manager um individual performances though midfield seems to be still seems to be a bit of problem for us Hush because Partey and Xhaka together, I was, I was shocked, to be honest, that he kept the exact same team from, from Everton in general. Yeah. Um,
1: so there was a um, good reason for Xhaka to be rotated out because he was his yeah. first game back. And there was a good reason for Partey to be dropped, if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, if we had seen maitland niles and Lokonga as a pair, I don't think too many Arsenal fans would have been too disappointed. And if you were going to make a point like that in any game this season... It's probably Southampton at home that you do it in and get away with it. But regardless of that, um, the first half was shocking. We've got to, you know, call a spade by a spade. I think Jack gave the ball away twelve times in the in the first half, which is you know eleven times too many. But it did start to take shape a little bit in the second half. Yeah. Again, that it's it's hard to make a assessment of that situation when Southampton was so so open and sort of second to every single ball in that second half so um, you you give them the credit when you can and I guess it's another game that they've played together that they've got a bit more familiarity with each other a bit more rhythm and understanding but if you're, look, we're going to face a West Ham midfield next which is a lot more workmanlike, a lot more you know organized and effective declan rice and thomas suchek have been mm. doing really well so um yeah they've got their work cut out in a few days what mm-hmm. I, what, what, i'm not sure Xhaka and party in a two mm-hmm. against that four four two is going to work because i can imagine that they will press and harry and make life hell for I think particularly granite because Southampton did that a bit today and they had a lot of success with that, well, apart from the scoreline. Mm. So, if West Ham can sort of let us have the ball and then just push onto Xhaka when he tries to play it out, um, they might be onto something.
0: Absolutely. Uh, in the chat box, Nambro says, "Tom, how can you say that we haven't improved under Arteta? Look how much better we are with disciplinary issues. We're on a high with them right now." <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Ian uh, says, "So that's how we can see why Mikel Arteta is not good enough. He took seemingly good players, and they have now come out worse." Look, I think that we've seen some players progress. I think Smith Rowe and Saka have definitely progressed. Some people would argue that naturally they would, but I'm sorry, you you see twenty year old ish players fall away all the time. Um, and so those two players have improved. They have progressed under Arteta's tenure. But we haven't seen enough progression across the team and across many of the senior players in particular. Whether or not that's down to Arteta or down to them individually is, is up for debate. But I think there are other players in the team that are not necessarily progressing enough. There's mismanagement of certain players. We've seen like Martinelli's time at Arsenal has been a little bit mismanaged, in my view, under Mikel Arteta. Him now in the team, though, Martinelli, is proving why he should have been in the team for quite some time and should be getting more minutes. I wouldn't say yeah. that he should have been starting, but he was getting like a minute or two at the end of games. And now, instead of that, he could have been getting 10 or 15 minutes off the bench. But now he's starting. And once again, another really kind of important and you know industrial performance from him once again.
1: Mm. He's the kind of player where as long as he's on the pitch, you kind of maintain a bit of belief that something can still happen.
0: Mm.
1: but he doesn't do things to kind of, you know, buy the book. What I would say, like you mentioned about his development time, he does still have a fair few holes in his game Yeah. Um, when it comes to the build up and sort of taking too many small touches and not a big touch and a pass when he's sure, in that tight yeah. midfield position. Yeah. But I think that could have all been worked on if he had been given game time and, uh, you know, the, Room to grow over the last. Well, he has obviously had injury problems, but Mm -hmm. since he's come back, but you know, let's not dwell on the past. He's getting that time now, and by you, you get a sense of progress game by game with him, which is you can't ask for anything else. It's when we're not getting that from the senior players, is what we're you know being concerned about. But he's Mm -hmm. given he's given us that as much as Smith Rowe and Saka. And, and Odegaard at the moment, and I think those four as a kind of a floating unit behind a striker. It's it's the future of the club, isn't it? Yeah. Those four guys, I'd say. I, and
0: Where does get... Smith Rowe get back in? I think someone asked that in the chat box. Uh, how does how does Smith Rowe get back into the team? Harun uh, Sufi uh, said that. Where does he go now? Where do you put him in? Because <laughs> what
1: I will say is, let's not do what we did. I think it was the Europa League semi-final away to Real. Real. He played false
0: nine. Yeah, not like that. <laughs> not would like you, that. I mean, would you be tempted? Because Lacazette, I mean, Lacazette, whilst I think it was, as you said earlier, he gave as much as, say, some of Bamiang's best performances this season. He yeah. gave as much as that today. But is there an argument to, say, move Martinelli into that striker position and put Smith-Rowe on the left?
1: Potentially. Say, Potentially. Look, if I had to, man, yeah, if all five are fit, I'd say Martinelli comes out of the team first. Yeah. And yeah. he becomes the first sub, whether that's left, right, or up front. Yeah. And I think that's a okay way to work it. I think Odegaard is untouchable. And so is Saka. I think that their profile and what they do with the ball is so different to... Are you saying
0: other. that? Odegaard being untouchable, that's going to... I mean, people are going to disagree. Well, with they that,
1: can, quite... they're allowed to disagree if they want. Of course. But, of course. Yeah. But, but why think, do you think he's untouchable? Why is he so he's crucial? He's the pure ten mm. in the team. You, if we're going to play a passing system, one player needs to be the one that's mm. not positionally restrained or restrained in terms of going beyond or coming short. You need one player that can float, and look, he's far more. Don't want to use the word cultured, but that's the only one I can think of. He's. At, um, yeah, he's a much more sophisticated level when it comes to build up, understanding how Sadly. to pull, how to pull mm-hmm. levers and find gaps. And when he's in the zone and he's doing it and he's finding little gaps, it's just clear to see. We've not. It's that kind of mould of player that if you're comparing him to um, contemporaries in the Premier League, lot of, at Arsenal would have been Mesut Erzl before you know that all went, you Jeez. know.
0: I <laughs> said about that the better yeah um, Gabriel scored uh, again uh, from a header from a corner set pieces have again been a real kind of facet of our of our strengths this season mm. is he captain material Gabriel because I mean today Lacazette was captain and if you Ooh. take Lacazette out of the team you're looking at the rest of the side thinking who's taking the armband yeah. is Gabriel a future captain I think
1: he's definitely a contender so Lacazette is the obvious choice because of his um, age mm. but in that contract situation and then behind that, I'd put Kieran Tierney, uh, Gabriel, and Aaron Ramsdale in terms of personality. You would probably say Ramsdale's new and young, so probably not. Yeah. What, I, what I would say about Gabriel, I think he plays like a captain in the old yeah. kind of Ces Fabregas, lead by example kind of way. But the communication might be an issue. Like I'm not like I might be wrong. I'm not entirely sure what level his English is at. And
0: I feel improving like, but it's it's far from perfect Yeah. yeah
1: so I, I feel like that is an important part of being a captain especially if you're a centre back because mm. you need to be screaming your head off at the rest yeah. of the team so <clears throat> that suggests maybe Tini might be a better fit for that but if look, we've been in a position where we've not even had one or two candidates let alone a mm. couple I think middle of Last season when people were getting a bit fed up with Oba, Tierney was like the only like pretend, like yeah, there's no one apart from him you could even consider giving mm-hmm. the armband man to. I think we gave it to William in games. We
0: no, we didn't know, not Did we actually it,
1: like when you know when um, we had those games where it would get passed around when people get subbed on oh my God. and he was it like a player around. <laughs> a lot of things happened in that pandemic. And I <laughs>
0: oh but, me.
1: but as yeah. a kind of symbol of how you know meaningless that armband had become, yeah. And what I don't want to get all back to Ober again, but what he's kind of done with that captaincy armband,
0: yeah,
1: is made a joke out of it. And I don't, you know, it's it's this kind of a English Premier League thing that we make a big deal about. You know, our captains our symbol, our leader, all this stuff, mm-hmm. but. It matters. It matters to me. I'm sure it matters to, you know, every Arsenal fan, all the people in the comments, everyone in the stadium. So, yeah, you need to be proud of your captain. And when your captain's, you know, breaking rules and getting tattoos and all this kind of stuff, it's, it's not, it doesn't give you that sense of kind of belonging and like, like battle pride, which, you know, Kieran Tierney absolutely would.
0: He would, uh, absolutely. I, I think there are a number of leaders in this team. I do think the captains armband is a little bit token sometimes uh, and yeah. just because like, I think that you can have multiple leaders in the team that don't necessarily need a, a physical representation of their captaincy. Well,
1: Man City have a leadership group, don't they? And well, we
0: used to have one under Unai, remember? Our five captains. Oh, yeah. Ozil, Xhaka, Aubameyang, Bellerin. Uh, who else was in there? Was Mustafi one of those? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, dear. I
1: wonder what happened to all five of those guys. I don't think anyone, yeah. they're all, well, less said about Uno's uh, period, the better. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right, we better get off before uh, we run into the press conference scheduling. Yeah. So uh, make sure uh, you make tune in, tune in for that, um, because it's going to be an interesting listen. Of course, you're sure to hear more questions to Arteta about the captaincy situation, We you can be assured of that, as you can watch the rest of the press conferences this season. And of course, the next one will be ahead of the West Ham United game coming up in midweek. West Ham play tomorrow away at Burnley. Hopefully, they get a bit of a, a bit of a rough ride to, uh, turf more. Ahead of our fixture, anything they can do to help us would be appreciated. But thank you to everybody in the chat box, as always, helping support the channel. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe if you are new. Hush, thank you, as always, mate. Appreciate your time. Our pleasure, as always, Tom and Zumar thank you very much for running things in the background we'll be back on Monday morning again as always with the Arsenal Agenda show but keep your eyes peeled to the channel because there's more content for you coming and turn those notifications on so you never miss a show and most importantly keep following us down the Arsenal way Hi Mikel can I start by getting your uh, reactions to the performance seemed like one where you really improved as the game went on Yes,
2: in um, the first 15 minutes we started the game a little bit nervy, and uh, we gave some difficult balls away, and uh, we could not dominate the game. After that, I think we picked up the rhythm of the game. We scored a really, really good goal, and um, and after that we won and started to dominate the game um, better and better. And after the after halftime, we we encouraged the players to keep going and and trying to to be a threat and attack them, and I think we've done that really well, and um, and we created more chances to score more goals so I think overall and after a defeat it's always um, good to get a performance like that and, uh, and a result like this
0: I have to ask you about Ober. Uh, it's been reported
2: that he was disciplined because he came back late from a trip abroad is that the case? It was a disciplinary breach and uh, that's why he was out of the squad
0: but Does he remain captain?
2: Let's talk about the game guys um, I tried to explain to you what I was and I did it Frankly, and um, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm going to focus on on the performance and uh, what the team is doing on the pitch. Charles, thanks, Michael. Would you could you confirm would would Alba have been able to play today if you decided it, or was it a COVID issue? I am really happy that we won three out and uh, we move into the next one against West Ham, guys. I'm telling you, you're not going to get anything else from me. Could I? Were you worried that the situation might have a bit of a negative impact on the on the players in building? Unfortunately, happened. I said it in the press in the press before. Unfortunately, it happened. But you expect more from your captain, maybe? I expect from the team what I see today, and I'm really happy with the chance. Okay, just on Martin Odegaard, it's three goals in three in the Premier League for him now four for the season, would have been five had the incident with Aubameyang and Watford happened. I mean, is that what you want to see from your number 10 now, those sort of numbers when it comes to goal scoring? Yeah, no, he should have scored a hat-trick against Everton and uh, he's making the box much more and um, and now he's understanding why we encourage him to do that because he, then he's a, a match winner and that's the difference between a really good player and a match winner and we need more of those plays on the pitch to win more games. Just asking for me, on was Gabriel injured or did you take him off because he was on a booking? No, he had a booking so I decided to take him off. All right,
1: thanks, Mikel. Thank you, Duncan. Hi, oh, Mikel. Forgive me. Um, but w- it w- was uh, Pierre at training yesterday because the suggestion he wasn't at training
2: again. I cannot say anything else, guys, and you're not gonna get anything else down on me with what happened in the dressing room. Obviously, I tried to explain the reasons why, and they could have done it in a different way. And um, and this is where i Okay, now in terms of the way you prefer- played, though, three goals it shows that don't perhaps need him at the moment. You're, 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 you've got goals in your side. It's just a game. And we will score three and we could have scored more and uh, and that's it. It's just a game. In terms of the top four, that, that sets you up nicely for West Ham, doesn't it? It's, it puts the pressure on West Ham and, and Manchester United now. Well, it's a big game, obviously, um, in a few days' time. West Ham, we know what, we've been, what they've done this season and why they are where they are. And um, it's a good opportunity for us at home. Thanks,
0: Wicca. Thank Zia? Um, hi, Mikel. Um, can I ask your views on Alexander Lagazette's performance?
2: I was really happy with him. Um, he's done everything that we asked him in the game to do. First of all, his energy, his commitment, his defensive actions were top. And then the way he linked, the way he understood the spaces, the threat that he was in the box much often that's in recent matches. Um, and that's why he, he scored the goals and he had other opportunities to do that. He really affected the team, and I am really pleased with him. Thank you.
1: Jim. Hi Michael. Uh, Michael, Southampton came out with the blocks flying in the first 15 or 16 minutes and it took Lacazette's like, goal maybe, do you feel, to settle you down a bit?
2: Well we needed that, uh, as I said we started a little bit nervy and um, we could not break the press and we give some dangerous balls away in in zones that against them uh, normally you get punished. We got away with that situation and then the team showed uh, a different level. Um, The confidence started to grow, we started to play better and better, and and we managed to dominate the game.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned that domination of the game. That was really particular in the second half uh, in terms of how you controlled that game and really never gave Southampton a sniff to maybe bring it back to 2-1.
2: Yes, and that's what we have to do more often and more consistently because those moments... uh, really is what we want to do and how we want to play and, um, but to do that you have to have the right process first to arrive into the final third with that setup and, um and be a threat like we were today and have the right intention to, to be vertical and to attack to take risk and, and be a threatening goal.
1: And finally for me, Mikel, uh, I suppose it shows the, the sign of this resilience of Arsenal team. Obviously the heartache of Everton uh, during the week but obviously to show now that you're able to come back, back put that behind you and really put in a dominant performance against the Southampton side that have to they've been going well so far this year in the Premier
2: League? Yes, but uh, it was down to the results because we went to Manchester United and we played better than we played last year. And last year we won uh, our old transfer and this year we lost. And we went to Everton and we played better than last year. Again, we had moments that I wasn't happy with by watching it back we didn't deserve to lose that game. But we did and we had to find a way when the opponent is better to shake hands, but when we are better than them, we have to get much more from the games. Thanks, Jim. Just a couple more. Paul? Hi, Michael. Hi. Can't
1: hear you, Paul. you got to mute. Sorry, sorry,
0: Sorry, Paul, we can't hear you can't hear. at all. I'll come back to you.
2: Nick?
1: Yes. Uh, hi there, Mikael. Um, I think we respect and are very clear on what, what you're trying to say
2: about Oba. But is that the matter, over? Is he now available for West Ham or is there an ongoing issue? I explained what happened today and the reason why today wasn't involved and, um, and that's what I'm going to say in it.